0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Gooden, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osher wrap up their discussion on Article 26 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Whatever your vocation
1: is, start here. Go anywhere grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right. We had to try very hard not to crack jokes before we pressed record today. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, this is the whole
2: thing is when you realize the absurdity of certain sincere situations in the church, <laughs> the the lowest common denominator is to be crass and insert humor, yeah, because it's so bad, yeah, you know, and and w- w- we're gonna see a very drastic, and dramatic commentary on the abuse of tradition, which Jesus made an entire ministry career uh, out of (laughs) handling that with the Pharisees. But, you know, we we see how it stuck around in the church. But, you know, uh, it's like I I think a lot of us and several of our readers would be uncomfortable by the association going on in these five verses you're about to read, Brett, with... What the actual situation is? It's it's pretty direct, you know. It's you know Paul usually beats around the bush, and, and yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I wish you would go and yeah, yeah. If <laughs> you want to know what we're talking about, read Galatians uh, five, and they yeah. go, oh yeah. Uh, but in this case, really, the abuse of tradition is compared yeah. to demon worship, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, having a seared conscience, and that's gonna make for the fruit of hopefully what is a right. interesting 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yep, yeah, we're we're continuing our conversation on uh, the 26th article of the Augsburg Confession and its Apology. And uh, today we're on the New Testament episode. As always, you know we like to make sure we're reading these things in Scripture. And like you so well put there, Jason, uh, this definitely uh, kind of drives it home uh, as we wrap up this discussion on the distinction of meats. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read for us 1 Timothy 4, One through five, if you want to grab your Bible and follow along or uh, listen... Uh, as we read this for us and discuss. So it says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. Here ends the reading today. Amen. Amen. I,
2: I really wrestle with a passage like this, in my opinion, of kale. Why is that? Everything is good. <laughs> oh, everything everything is created good. by God is yeah. good. And so... Uh, I have to do some some hermeneutical stretching like it Adam might, did last it episode. It might not be
1: a good tasting, but it's good nutritionally. Well, it's, it's my hypothesis <laughs> that kale
2: is a product of the fall.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. You could just reject being thankful for it, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it. I would have to it. receive it. For right? your I'm, conscience, it can still be disgusting. I am
2: not thankful for kale yeah. in any way, shape, or form.
0: Well, I will read some Let scripture be... and pray, because that's what it says. It's made holy. I'm gonna have you over for kale sometime. Yeah. Lord, no, Lord, you're not. <laughs> Lord bless this kale that
1: we're about to consume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I come, I'm bringing those burgers
2: I talked about a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I I will be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll trade. anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll trade. Well, that's the worst trade ever. Um, boy, really direct words here by yeah. Paul. Um, the the things that stand out. Uh, the outcome of the bad tradition is that some depart from the faith. Is that uh, obscuring the gospel in a formal way in the church drives people away from the faith. That's, right. that's one plus one equals two. You got all of the modifiers that step in between one plus one here that we insert. Uh, this is the active work of the demonic spirits to distract the church from the gospel. And it is the through the manipulation of liars... Uh, who don't have a conscience, and then who, by whatever they're doing, thirst for power and control mm-hmm. over people's behaviors. Yeah, and and those are the in-between bits from getting the abuse of tradition, which in the in the case of the the Jewish Christian Church, the actual Judeo Christian Church of the first century in the New Testament, where they were wrestling with the marriage requirements, they were wrestling with uh, Sabbath regulations, yeah. they are re- 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 wrestling with dietary regulations. So, as the church blossomed into something that was definitively not a separate sect of Judaism, right? And so, initially, what was taught is that Christianity was a new interpretation of Judaism. It's, for all intents and purposes, the first several chapters of Acts work their way out, is that mm-hmm. the apostles are working in the temple to proclaim the gospel kind of a thing, mm-hmm. right? And and so there, there's this tension. Uh, you you have a real uh, kind of real bumps in the road about meat sacrifice to idols. Was that come up in Romans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have that. You have... which. Oh, and... Corinthians. 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 Yeah. Corinthians. I should have gone to the, they're really screwed up. (laughs) Uh, Right. They're, they're picking out on the Lord's supper and meat sacrifice to idols and everything like that. There, there's real questions in the early church about what day is the day of worship. Do we, we maintain the Jewish understanding of the Sabbath being on Saturday or do we maintain the new understanding of the eighth day of prophecy being Sunday morning when Jesus rose from the Mm -hmm. dead. So, so that's in here. Uh, You also have all of this is uh, being kind of informed by the ascetic Mm -hmm. lifestyles of both Jewish mystics and pagan mystics, right? So to what extent does self-denial play a role in the church? And and in the middle of all of this, uh, Paul... Walks into the conversation like Leroy Jenkins, and and just blitzes his way in, into the theology of, of pastoral training with Timothy, and is like, everything's good. Yeah, can't we have some graduated steps? And Paul's like, no,
1: everything's good because sure. yeah. God's created it, you know. Yeah, and you know, for me, uh, it, maybe this is just part of uh, just you know I'm a millennial. You know all that. Uh, I think you are so young those... and hip. Yeah. No. Gee. Anyhow, uh, I guess I think of you know all the things that you know, a lot of our generation, uh, at least the friends that I grew up with, that were living under you know don't don't do this, don't do that, forbidding this or you know forbidding that. Yeah, I don't uh,
2: drink, smoke, or chew, yeah, or go yeah. out with girls that yeah, do.
1: That's yeah. That's kind of a. Yeah, my my generation's version of that, yep. they they walked away from the faith because they felt like they couldn't yeah. pull it off. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
2: and, and that is the perfect application of what we're mm-hmm. talking about, is any, any generation that grows up with an understanding of Christianity as legalism, what they're eventually going to do is reject the church right. altogether in favor of license. Mm-hmm right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and well, why would you know, God deny me this? Why would God deny me that is the outcome of an unhealthy mm-hmm. forbidding of things rather than teaching moderation. And, and I believe... Now, I can't pull this off the top of my head, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speaking out of turn here, but there are actual studies that have been done where alcohol, alcoholism occurs in a higher percentage in cultures where it is forbidden... Rather than in cultures where it grown up where consumption of alcohol is a normal thing
0: I've heard that too, yeah that, European you know different parts of uh, you know Europe that are more accepting of that um, you know drinking where it's normal to have a beer at dinner or or to have a glass of wine at dinner. Versus some of the more Pietistic oh, kind of well, history, yeah, you, you definitely can see that. I have a hard time looking at this, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I, I don't know. I when I was a, a teenager, I was reading this. Um, I had some family that was Catholic, and I have a hard time not seeing Catholicism in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to <laughs> pick on on our Catholic friends. I know there's been some reform in in their church as well, and their in their uh, in the Catholic Church. But it's interesting to me that that this. Still, even now, the forbidding of marriage of priests, and we've that's doesn't say you know the priests aren't in context here, but but marriage in general is, yeah. you know, and the forbidden forbidding of marriage, requiring abstinence from foods, really are are two very Catholic things, and I wonder what the Catholic Church does with this.
2: They ignore them. Yeah. Uh, well, so this uh, the, these verses, especially in, in verses like this, have come up at other points in the Augsburg Confession and in the apology in a defense for you know like why they opened up marriage and stuff. Yeah. And and what's interesting is if you take the time to read the Roman Confutation, which again I do this every time I bring up the Roman Confutation. One, we pause. That is not the ideal rejection of Lutheran doctrine that the Roman Catholic Church came up with, the, the ultimate rejection of Lutheran doctrine happened in the Council of Trent, at the same time, it says much of the same thing more elegantly. You know, the, <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the confutation isn't great, but it, it still rejects the doctrine. And, and one of the things the Roman Catholics of the Reformation, again, I'm not speaking to 21st century Roman Catholics, the Roman Catholics of the Reformation did is they would point to the tradition.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. they would point to the tradition. And we have not gotten into that in yeah. these last episodes, right. but that is that that is a very interesting distinction, and I was trying to explain that. I was teaching new members at my, at my church um, yesterday, actually, um, and... As I was teaching that, we were talking about the nature of tradition versus Scripture, and there's some individuals in the class who'd come from a back, background of Catholicism, and we're talking, why, why is Lutheranism a little bit different? Well, because we have the Word. We go back to the Word as being the directive, right? And, but the Roman Catholic Church, the official tradition of the Church is also, it's on par, yep. as I understand it, with Scripture. And so th- that is, even in a, in a broader sense problematic, is it not, about you know this whole idea of tradition being kind of the directive of, of uh, you know, what we are to do and not do, and that's exactly what, what Paul is, is arguing against here.
2: Yeah, and, and at some point in time, it's not here, it's five, six, seven articles ago. Mm-hmm. The Confutation basically says that, and one of the reasons we do this is that the church has decided to do it, and how could the church be wrong? That's their exact line of <laughs> argumentation in this, and and this is the problem, right? Yeah. Is uh, it, it goes back to that again, Adam? This helpful thing does it point me to Christ or myself? Does it point me away from my neighbor or towards my neighbor? Right? Mm-hmm. Th- th- those, is it harming my neighbor or helping my neighbor? And this is exactly what's going on. Uh, this is an artfully constructed logical sentence from yeah. Paul. Yeah. It, it's really got all of the components of a strong argument. Yeah. That we, we if we if we don't get lost in the weeds, what is at stake, and Paul puts that forward for emphasis, is the problem we're facing is that some are walking away from the faith. Mm-hmm he says, in later times, some will be walking away from the faith. Right. And, and, and this is a big concept. This is not just only abandoning your faith, but rejecting as truth, the content of the faith, mm-hmm. right? So this this isn't someone falling into despair. This is someone uh, assessing the contents of Christianity... Deconstructing their faith. This Mm. is deconstruction Mm -hmm. in the, the, the narrowest sense of the definition and what is actually going on. So these very public Christian celebrities rejecting Christianity and becoming atheists or agnostics or whatever, is what is happening is that because of an abuse of Christianity that someone is rejecting the contents of the Christian faith. And then Paul launches into his arguments. And again, the two component parts (laughs) of what bring this about are the deception of Satan. So demonic activity to obscure the gospel and bad actors in the church, Hmm. right? So it's, it's, it's not even the tradition that is leading people away. It is the abuse of tradition through bad human actors and evil supernatural forces. And that's the point the church needs to stop and say, this is what's going on, mm-hmm. and we need to get back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. The battleground isn't for the tradition. The battleground is for the gospel.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I, I, can't, I can't stop looking at that expression, consciences are seared. You know, talking yeah. about the, the bad actors or the liars... Yeah, we've been talking so many times as we walk through the Augsburg Confession about uh, having a, a good conscience or yep. a conscience uh, sprinkled clean, and... You know, or troubled, or, conscience, or yeah. troubled, or a burdened conscience. It's uh, really
2: three levels, isn't yeah, it? That the, the yeah. Book of Concord interacts with it. You have yep. a you have a good conscience before God. That's assurance of salvation. Yep. You have a burdened conscience. Someone who's struggling under the weight of sin, and then you have a seared conscience
1: at the other end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, what a vivid picture. You, know, you think of you know something, you know, kind of like you would sear. Uh, not a steak. <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing that came to my mind. but uh, <laughs> Distinction of meats. Uh, Are you distinction glad of it's meats? not just yeah. you, Adam? Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> we should have we should eat after this <laughs> so what
2: what we Let's need go to do to Fogo. Being, yeah. <laughs> being next summer since it's too late next summer the being lutheran barbecue Ooh, oh, i like come that come
0: and meet jason himself yeah, yeah
2: jason Brett, and adam with the distinction of meats
1: <laughs> or with very distinct meats <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's great uh, yeah i guess what i'm saying is you know just the process of having something be seared yeah. uh you know just think of how all feeling gets you know burned away and uh, and and so it kind of opens the door to just do whatever you have no conscience.
2: Yeah. And it's the next step past abandoning right and wrong is that you're no longer able to tell what's right and wrong. And and I think parsing this out in verse two is really important. Uh, The insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. And then it gets into the tradition, verse three, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received. Okay. So... Why, why would that involve the searing of conscience? You, the, the logical conclusion here is that for these people, these liars with seared consciences, it becomes a, a matter of behavior manipulation and control. And that's where you round back to the abuse of tradition. Hmm. And so the demonic activity is to obscure the gospel. Mm-hmm. The sinful conscious serious activity is a matter of power and controlling and manipulating behavior. And, and the mode is the abuse of tradition. And the outcome is people walk away from the faith. That's hmm. what this passage in Timothy is about. Mm-hmm. And it, as we get in,
0: as we close uh, a little bit, I don't, I don't know if we're actually closing. We're we already time? done. Are we okay on we time? We've got about six minutes. Okay. Closing
1: so, time. <laughs> it says, for everything is
0: created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's to be received by Thanksgiving. Yeah. For it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. What does that mean? When it says that the word of God has made something holy, what words specifically are we pointing to? Do you have any ideas? The words of institution?
2: Right. <laughs> um, I, I, you, you want to treat this, I think, first of all, by uh, a conceptual issue, right? So if something exists in, created, in creation, which is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. so everything in creation, on some level, it has been spoken into being by God. Sure. Right? And so yeah, everything God creates... Is good according to Genesis 1 and 2, right? God saw it and it was good. God saw it was good. God saw it and it was very good, right? Now, this doesn't mean that God is the creator of sin, or you know, everything bad or unwholesome is, but things that are morally neutral are good. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we would go down this... Like the, kale. Yeah. No. <laughs> we, 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 we would go down the, the area of what is your taboo, right? Yeah. In, in upper Midwestern Scandinavian pietism, alcohol is bad because the abuse of alcohol is bad, right? And, and these are largely environments that the three of us have grown up in. Yep. And so, well, is it the fault of alcohol that people abuse alcohol, right? No, it's the drunkenness we reject. And in, in, especially there are verses, God has given wine to gladden the hearts of men, that, that Jesus attached his blood to the wine of the Passover meal that we might be forgiven of our sins, right? So it's not alcohol that's bad, it's the abuse of alcohol. It's, uh, you know, you, you can, it's not cheeseburgers are bad, but gluttony is bad, mm-hmm. right? It's not that rest is bad. It's laziness is bad. Idleness is bad. Everything, the sin is the abuse to the extreme of the good thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think this is talking about. So that, that the literal word of God that created the morally neutral thing, has made it holy. And then in prayer, we receive it with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That way, if God provides it, it is a part of our daily bread.
0: So I do need to pray out loud before meals.
2: In in a, a holy posture, Making sure everyone in the food court notices you. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you, God, for this mighty meal of cheeseburger and french fries. Yeah, no, and it's, thank you, God, that I am not like these other people who ordered from Panda Express, <laughs> but that I went to Chick-fil-A.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but you, you see how if we lose focus of our gratefulness to God for providing the thing mm-hmm. and our acknowledgement that God created the thing in the first place, everything goes sideways immediately, Mm-hmm. You know, that's my interpretation of what sure. verse five is about.
0: Sure. I, I, and I agree with that. I was, I was wondering if you'd go the same direction back to the everything is created by God and I just uh, his creative voice, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's his word that creates, you know, let there be light, there was light, you know, let this happen, there was.
2: And I think you've got a double meaning here with, because you've got the creation in verse four being applied to God's word in verse five, but then we have the whole idea of God creating faith in verse 1 that mm-hmm. you know people depart from the faith to that the consequences of the abuse of what god
1: has made is it leads people astray hmm. yeah well let's let's wrap up this discussion not just uh, this text but uh, you know this whole article that we've been discussing uh, any closing comments or or thoughts as we uh, wrap up here
2: i think it'd be good again to just emphasize yeah. the disclaimer that we are not in any way saying tradition is bad in and of itself right, right? Yep. That a tradition, as long as it teaches the faith, does not hinder the gospel, is a, a thing that can be embraced with a good conscience, and it can be a thing that can be rejected uh, if it's rejected with a good conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, If it comes to a pure matter of style, we, we leave that as a neutral area. Mm-hmm. And, and there are conversations to be had at later times and in different contexts about what teaches God's Word better. Uh, what helps communicate the sacred better, and things like that. But on the pure level of tradition that uh, we we can embrace and we can reject as a matter of Christian freedom, anything that does not obscure the gospel and does not lead me away from my neighbor.
0: And I think that, that that goes to is is the tradition a benefit? Is it helping me love God? Is it helping me love my neighbor? Yeah. Is it helping me appreciate what he has done for me and to receive what he's given? Is is it helping me to to serve my neighbor with the vocation I have been called to? That's really the key. And I think I think that's how we need to evaluate tradition, not to reject outright like you're saying, but to to embrace it uh, to be w- wise in how we evaluate it and then to uh, yeah. to be wise in how we communicate that to our, you know, fellow
2: parishioners or mm-hmm. to our congregations. Or, or to, our yeah. To, yeah. to our yeah. families. To our families. If the tradition creates pride, which in turn creates disdain for your neighbor because you're evaluating them, uh, that's where the concern comes in. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Amen. All right. Blessings to you, uh, listener. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at
0: beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please consider attending Christmas at FLBC, December 2nd through the 4th, featuring performances by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary Choirs, as well as the Symphonic Wind Ensemble. Register for free and find live stream information at flbc.edu slash christmas. God bless you and have a great week.